Welcome back to a brand new edition of Yawns. I'm Omar Moore. Watford 2, Birmingham City 0. Watford rediscover that winning feeling for the first time in nearly six weeks as they defeat Birmingham 2-0 at Vicarage Road. And the Watford roar that you heard there was the feeling at the end. Two goals from Radjevic and from Ryan Andrews. All of that plus the Watford women in two games over the last week or so. Mixed fortunes there for them. All of that coming up next on a brand new edition of Well, 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 it is great to be back on Yuons and Watford back. The men's team back after the international break. And who let those dogs out? The dogs are barking. And that means that Watford men's first team are back in business. This time with a 2-0 win over Birmingham City. I'm Omar Moore. Great to have you here, fellow Watford fans. And anyone listening beyond Watford fans, it's also great to have you here as well. It's also great to report a win for the Watford men's first team. It has been a long time coming, almost, what, rather five weeks or so, maybe almost six weeks, five and a half weeks, since the last time Watford won a game in the men's first team. The first time that happened, of course, was back in early August when they dismantled Queen's Park Rangers 4-0 at Vicarage Road to kick off the season in fine fashion. Then there were no goals in three games after that, which was a really big concern. No goals against Plymouth, no goals against Stoke, and no goals against Blackburn Rovers. And two of those three games Watford failed to score in were defeats, both by a score of one goal to nil. Then Watford finally found their goal-scoring shoes against Coventry two weeks ago. Three goals there, but agonizingly failed to come away with the three points I think their performance just about deserved. But of course, lack of discipline was the thing that hurt Watford in the game at the CBS Arena two weeks ago. Watford were looking to get a win under their belts in the game against Birmingham City, who had been previously unbeaten this season in the championship. They were coming in into fourth place and on a high, and they were looking very, very good defensively. And I think conceded only three get goals in their first five games. Very impressive indeed from the second city side who brought their fan contingent to Vicarage Road, hoping to see more of the same. Watford fans, though, were in no mood for any of that, and nor was the Watford first team. And this is how Val had them line up on Saturday. Backman in goal, the captain. Jeremy Gakia starting at right back. Sierra in an advanced midfield role. I should say an advanced defensive midfield role. And then sitting in front of him, or to just ahead of him, were uh, Mr. TDB and Mr. Loser. And that's who you had in that midfield. And then, of course, ahead of them were the forwards, and you know who they are. On the left-hand side, Mr. Martins. In the middle, Radjevic. And on the right-hand side, Tom Ince. Those were your players. And by the way, on the left-back, let me not forget the defense here. At left-back, it was James Morris getting his first start in a number of weeks. 
since the game against Stoke. And then in the middle of that central defensive pairing of Ryan uh, Porteous and Wes Hutt. Those were your starters for Watford on Saturday in the men's first team. And then on the bench, Ben Hamer and goal. It was Jamal Lewis getting his debut for Watford from the bench as he started from the bench there. Jake Livermore, Kone, Matty Pollock. It would be Georgie, Espria, Kayembe, and Andrews. Ryan Andrews, I'll be talking about him, of course, in a short little while. Watford in this game got off to a so-so start against the Birmingham side who had a lot of attacking intent, had a lot of imagination in the first half of the game, looked brighter, looked more purposeful, looked very threatening when they kept coming into the box at the rookery end in the first half. They looked like they would always score. Um, There were some really nervy moments in that Watford defence to get going. And Daniel Bankman looked very uncomfortable once again in the sweeper system that he's just uh, trying to come to grips with. And it will take some time for Daniel Bankman, I think, to really get comfortable with that. And still, you can still see some of the vulnerability there in that sweeper system. But you also saw in the first half a very vulnerable Watford defence. And one thing that Watford are really going to have to tighten up on is their defence. Their defensive scruples have to be a lot, lot better because they were not good in the first half of this game. Even though they kept the clean sheet, ultimately, they looked very nervy. It was too easy for Birmingham to get right into the heart of Watford's defense and very deep penetration into that defense in the first half. And all of a sudden, Watford were in a world of trouble. It took a few blocks from Ryan Porteous Um, to really avert some serious danger that Watford were facing in that first half. And it managed to work to their benefit as they kept Birmingham off the score sheet in this game. But that first half, the defensive frailties are still very much an issue. Now look, Watford's restriction on players and given the budgets, given the financial condition, it's been well documented. And so Watford are going with a very streamlined, thin and streamlined squad And this is what you're going to be dealing with the whole season now. And so these players who are very much in the frame under Val are going to have to tighten up their defense. Now, yes, we would love to have more defensive personnel. I would love to have more defensive personnel here at Watford. But the fact of the matter is for this men's first team, they're going to have to do it with the lads they've got now. Simple as. And they're going to have to grow in their maturity defensively because that first half was nothing that I would be proud of from a defensive point of view. Now, having said all of that, the defense, I thought, made some timely interventions when it really mattered. I talked about Ryan Porteous, very important. I thought Sierra Alta, and he was, you know, as quietly as it was kept, I thought Sierra Alta had a good game, a very good game. Uh, he was steady. I thought he distributed the ball well. I didn't see too many times of where he lost the ball in his position in that central defensive midfield. I thought that he was really an anchor there to give Watford a bit more balance in the midfield. I think in the most of the all in the first half, they were getting beat down the channels. But I thought that uh, the midfield for Watford reasserted itself after the break. Watford just did not have enough going forward in that first half, by the way. Although Ryan Porteous hit the post early on and then there was another moment where Watford came close. But apart from that, Watford struggled to grow into the game in the first half from an attacking point of view. I felt that they 
tried. I'm not saying they didn't bring effort because they certainly did. But I just don't think they had quite the bite that you would want your team, especially at the Vic, to have coming off an international break. And people might say, well, it's the international break and, you know, it's been two weeks and da-da-da-da. But look, a lot of these Watford players were on international duty, including Ken Summer, who was injured during the international break in one of the games. And so he could not play. Ryan Porteous was very busy during the international break. He had a terrific international break and it continued on into this game. He scored a goal in one of the games against Cyprus and in the game against England, he was very good there. So Ryan Porteous and other players were playing. So no I, no, no, real excuse about the international break situation. But Watford, um, I thought, lacked a little something in that first half going forward. They lacked a cutting edge. They lacked quality. They lacked the end product, which has still been a problem, continues to be a problem uh, for the men's first team. But you could see that they were growing into the game slowly but surely. And then in the second half, uh, substitutions were made. And Watford, after a slow first five minutes or so, began to get into the game and sink their hooks and teeth into this game at the Vic and began to grow in confidence against the Birmingham side that began to grow in ill discipline. I thought Birmingham messed up their opportunity to get three points here. If you are a Birmingham City fan, listen to this. Your team blew an opportunity to get three points in this game. They, again, like they did last season when they came to the Vic, had, I think, a lot more of the better chances, but they did not convert them at all. And that's really the biggest reason why Birmingham, along with their ill-discipline, seven yellow cards for Birmingham, many of those picked up in the second half, including ascending off, which I'll talk about. Those things hurt Birmingham. Now, for us, Watford, we were very good soundly on discipline, a lot better than we had been. West Hook picked up a silly yellow card. That was the only yellow card Watford gotten, albeit from a Luton Town-loving referee named Keith Stroud, who hurt Watford last season in the game against Queen's Park Rangers of the Vic, where Watford lost 3-2, if you remember that. A goal from Kayembe that was ruled out for offside when there was no offside at all. That should have finished 3-3 and ended up with a 3-2 defeat because Keith Stroud said that Watford were offside and there was no offside there at all. Keith Stroud uh, actually gave Watford a reprieve in this particular game because Watford should have had at least a couple more yellow cards in this game. Keith Stroud perhaps forgetting that uh, that he is a Luton Town supporter and uh, thus not giving out more yellow cards to Watford in this game. That's probably where Birmingham fans um, would get on the ref. But the bottom line is the referee did not have a terrible game here. This is not the referee's fault. Um, this is a lack of discipline from Birmingham who should have acquitted themselves a lot better I thought Wesley Hurt should not have got the yellow card um, because it, it was not that he shouldn't have got it, I should say. It's that he, he really did not exercise judiciousness. And again, discipline is an issue that Watford will have to sort out. Granted, it didn't hurt them in the game on Saturday, but West Hood is a veteran footballer. You can't be picking up yellow cards in a situation like that where, according to the commentator I was listening to and watching, he said that Wesley Hood waved an imaginary yellow card, an imaginary card at the referee. And the referee turned around and gave him a yellow card for real. I mean, that's the kind of nonsense that you have to, you know, you've got to stop doing silly things like that. That's not a yellow card you need to be picking up in a game. 
and you're a veteran player. You know, so that's the kind of thing that Watford have got to steer clear of. You know, I talked about this with Sierra a couple of weeks ago. And when he picked up a silly yellow card against Coventry that cost Watford going into halftime there, poor game management. And we saw again Wesley Hood doing it this time, although again, it didn't result in a free kick. So Watford are going to have to clean that up discipline wise, be sensible in these games. Uh, Watford were able to keep plowing through um, despite that yellow card. They had a couple of chances. They came close and they kept pushing. They kept believing. And then came a moment that I think swung the entire game. I know I said the subs were very good in this game, but Daniel Batman was terrific in two moments in literally a space of three seconds. He made two point blank saves in quick succession right in front of his goal. Birmingham should have scored and they shot the ball. Backman blocked it once, shot the ball again, and Backman blocked it twice. And that really was the turnaround of this entire match. It actually brought me to mind, uh, brought to mind the memory, of course, of the game 10 years ago, the Deeney game against Leicester, of course, in the playoffs, where another captain in goal, Manuel Almunia, made two blocked saves point-blank range saves off of Anthony Knockhart, Leicester City's Anthony Knockhart at that time in the playoffs. You remember that game, don't you? Of course you do. And that led to the DNA goal. Of course you remember that. And of course you also remember that the manager of Leicester on that day was none other than Big Nigel, Nigel Pearson. Yes, so that memory of uh, that game came to mind after Daniel Backman's really good double save. Excellent work from Daniel Backman. And you've got to give him a lot of credit here. He's taken a lot of stick. Some of it justified, a lot of it not, because the personal stuff should not be thrown at any uh, footballer. And um, I think he is, uh, again, coming to grips with a system, and he's still got some work to do there, Daniel Backman. But that was the kind of performance in those two moments on Saturday that earns you man of the match. And he is, after much consultation in my own mind, between he and Ryan Portis, who made some big blocks in the second half as well. The Yuan's man of the match. That's Daniel Backman. For me, no question about it. I had initially said Ryan Portis, but it is Daniel Backman for those two saves there. And really, he didn't have to do a whole heck of a lot in this game. But when he was called upon, he led by example. And that's how you do it. With two blocks like that, I think that seemed to re-energize Watford, who were already playing much better in the second half. A second half, they dominated. And so you really felt that Watford were on the front foot in the second half. They were playing well. They looked good. The subs came on. Now, Espria wasn't quite as sharp in this game with his end product, but he would play a massive role in this game. In fact, he had the assist for the winning goal, which I'll talk about in a few moments. Watford had some very good subs. I thought Val got the subs absolutely right in this one. And of course, after the double save by Backman, literally five or six minutes later, Birmingham's ill discipline came back to haunt them because they got a man sent off. And from there, Watford really did kick on. And, you know, sometimes when you play a team down to 10 men, you always feel a sense of resolution, or you often do. The team digs its heels in even more determinedly and more doggedly when they're down to 10 men sometimes. But it did not happen in the case for Birmingham, who looked lively with their subs, but again, could not penetrate the Watford defense, which grew more stout by the minute. And Watford's attack came to 
play as well. And finally, finally, the wait for a goal was over for the denizens of Vicarage Road. Just when it thought, just when you thought that it would be a nil-nil draw, and I couldn't see where a goal was coming from in this game, finally, Watford got it done. Espria with a nice pass, and it was a pass from Loser, who I thought was really quiet in this game. But Loser threaded the ball through onto the right-hand side where Espria was waiting. Espria uh, really uh, dribbled a bit more inside, made a cut back, crossed the ball straight to uh, Rajovic, who looped a header in. A really good bit of quality from Espria there, and a really good bit of quality from Rajovic, who looped a, a looping header over the outstretched dive and the outstretched arm of John Ruddy in the Birmingham goal. 1-0 Watford in the 91st minute. That's right. Seven minutes of injury time. And in the first minute of that, Watford got what would be the winning goal of the match. And it was a really nice one. Well taken. So Radgerit scoring his third goal in two for Watford on his first start at home, scoring that goal to give Watford all three points there. And he celebrated with the crowd in a really good way. And it was terrific stuff in the rookery end there as Radjevic has endeared himself now, certainly to these Watford fans, not just in the rookery, but any everywhere around the world with what he's done these last two games for Watford. Um, he is the target man that Watford have desperately needed here the last few seasons. Uh, gr- granted a real bona fide striker. And he certainly knows how to finish. He's got a good repertoire about him, Radjevic, and although he was quiet throughout this game and did not get the service, he, like Bio, worked very hard in the game, had a nice ball to Martins, who I didn't think have a, had a very good game himself. Martins just couldn't get on the end of a nice ball that was passed through to him, a nice cross from Radjevic just earlier on in the game. But these subs, as I said earlier, made a really good effort. Georgia came in. Jamal Lewis came off the bench. I thought he was excellent, uh, replacing James Morris. Quietly excellent, if you will. And the Watford players really grew into this game. And then we got the goal that we saw, that I've just described at least. And then there was uh, another goal after that. It's kind of like the bus that you wait for for 45 minutes and then you see five buses in a row. Well, in this case, it was two buses in a, a row, two goals in a row, separated by about five minutes. And the second goal, I think, was all the more sweet because Ryan Andrews, a Watford lad through and through, had been with Watford since he was eight years old. Unreal. And Ryan Andrews, who went through the academy and is now a staple of this Watford men's first team, got his first professional goal for Watford. A staggering shot, really nice shot just outside the 18-yard box. Took a slight deflection past John Ruddy into the back of the Birmingham City net. 2-0. The celebration was terrific as well. Ryan Andrews, take a bow, young man. That was a superb strike. Very good stuff. Really good finish to the game. Put the cherry on top. Watford 2-0, done and dusted, and Bob's your uncle. That is how Watford got it done. The men's first team getting their first win in just over five weeks. And I was, and so were you, delighted about that. Watford looking very good there, finding a way to win, digging in their heels. The mentality was there. And the identity is beginning to form for this club uh, with these team, with this team, I should say. And Val has engineered it very, very well indeed. 
The subs were very good. Really thought they brought the appropriate energy. I thought Kone was particularly good coming off the bench. I thought he brought a spark and a and an energy that helped continue to galvanize the team, as did Georgie, as I said. I think those subs have done pretty well so far. Livermore did not take part in the game, um, but he certainly was a big cheerleader off the bench when Ryan Andrews scored that goal. Really special moment for Watford. In fact, speaking of special, let's listen now to Ryan Andrews, of course, goal scorer of the second goal. That's the goal that put the cherry on top for Watford. Here now is Ryan Andrews. I just remember coming to the edge of the box. Uh, I was screaming for the ball from Georgie. And then, you know, the gaffer's been saying, when I get the ball, shoot earlier. So I shot earlier, and even though it took a deflection, obviously a goal is a goal. And I think it was going on target, even if it didn't get deflected. So I don't know how to even put it into words right now, because there's a load of uh, emotions running through my head, but I think I'll probably watch this goal back about a hundred times tonight. I'm not even going to lie. But nah, it's a it's an overall feeling. And, uh, you know, we just have to move on to Wednesday and hopefully get another three points. Especially after this game, uh, the gaffer wanted us to get the win. He knew how important it, it was coming back from the international break. Obviously, the first uh, couple games, they didn't go the way that we wanted. But he knew that uh, after... Um, this second block before the next international we had to start picking up points to to show our results so I think everyone's pleased that we put in a good performance even though we scored the goals late uh, it still got us the win Uh, obviously the first few games I've had a lot of chances in the exact same position or out wider so I knew once I got the ball I kind of had to just put my foot through it because in the other games I've been like thinking about it too much so I just had to put my foot through it and obviously even though it took a deflection, uh, it still went in the back of the net so that's that's all that matters to me but it's a also real feeling and I can't even put it into words right now so yeah. Uh, and then your choice of celebration, how are your knees? I can't lie, I've grazed my knees but I don't even care because uh, I just had to celebrate in the moment obviously coming through the academy especially from uh, a young age at under nines obviously it's everyone's dream to play uh, professionally so to get a professional goal it's always a bonus so yeah I was going to ask could you even have pictured this when you started all those years ago I'll be so real to you no I wouldn't have pictured it uh, when I was younger obviously growing up coming through the academy there was times where I thought I would maybe have got released or either kept on but when I obviously came through and then I did make my debut against uh, Redden. It was, uh, <laughs> it was an overall feeling. And then obviously we just have to keep it up. That's great stuff from Ryan Andrews there after the match. Thank you very much indeed, Watford FC, for the audio there. The interview with Ryan Andrews, just a portion of which you heard. And Ryan Andrews should take a lot of credit. Ryan Andrews has been a very solid member of this men's first team now. He's grown into this role and he is steady Eddie there at right back. Jeremy Ngaki had a good day, by the way. Um, subbed off, I thought he was very influential in the first half. Good passing. Martins did not run into space to work 
his way in to the box on a pass that uh, Ngake laid off to him. And for some reason, Martin's off the step, off the pace. Maybe the international break did affect him. I don't know. But he did not look his usual effective, effervescent self. And he didn't run into space. I thought that first half, Watford did not work hard enough for each other on the pitch. I don't think they did, especially in that final third. In the second half, it was completely different. Watford took this game and persevered and kept going, kept knocking on the door against Birmingham, kept knocking on the door until that blue wall, if you will, uh, broke open and Watford found a way through. Ryan Andrews, congratulations to you on your first senior goal. You know, it's been a really good season for Ryan Andrews, named to the England squad, the under-21s, I believe it is, and uh, had a good international break as well. And then Ryan Andrews scoring his first uh, professional goal uh, for what I mean that's a terrific terrific thing to see and you're very happy for a lad like that uh, who's really uh, a decent human being you can tell um, honest good character and everything you're very happy about it there's a togetherness about this Watford side now um, which I didn't really see in some of these games that they lost now I'll come back and talk a little bit about the Watford progression it's just six games but I'm going to talk when I come back about the identity that I am beginning to see now. Early doors yet, but I'll talk about it next. Welcome back to Yawns. I'm Omar Moore. Watford 2, Birmingham City nil. The Hornets get their first win since opening day. And Watford... With those three points moved to 12th in the table. I know it's early yet. Six games in. Watford in 12th. They're on eight points. Lots of football to play. I won't really take notice of the table, I suppose, in any real way until game number 15 or so. That's really the time when you're roughly a third of the season in to take stock of the table and take a look at it. There will be a, another international break before we get to the 15th game of the season. So I think that um, that's really what you have to look at here. The table position right now is not important. The performances are. And what you're seeing is. And what I'm seeing right now after six games is something that is encouraging the football is better for the Watford men's first team. The attitude, generally speaking, is better. And they are beginning to find the back of the net, despite those three games without scoring. Now, one thing you can say is that as shaky as the defense has been for Watford in terms of the way they look, they have conceded just five goals this season in the first six games in the championship. They conceded a goal against Stoke. They conceded a goal against Blackburn. And they conceded three goals against Coventry. Now, that was the game where really the defense let the team down. I really think that that was a defensive lapse in, these, in that game against Coventry. That was a wild game. And you'll have some wild games like that this season. But the defense really did not show up in that game at all. So you can't throw that game out of the mix. But if you chose to... Two of the goals that Watford conceded were two goals that they just got caught out on. Stoke and the game against Blackburn. And these things happen. But when you think about it, including this game against Birmingham, they've also had three clean sheets. Three clean sheets from six games. 
under a brand new manager in a brand new system, which the players are still coming to grips with. That's pretty damn good. That is a pretty damn good start when you think about it. Forget the table position. It's the fact that they already have three clean sheets. That's a good thing. Now, I think at this time last season, they had also had three clean sheets. Or maybe only had two of them at the time. 1-0 against Sheffield United and 1-0 against Burnley. I think those are the two clean sheets they had in the first three or four games of the season. But you do have to look at the way Watford have got these clean sheets. And I do think that in this season, Watford have been very good with trying to keep the score down. The discipline has been better, although there's some times where it's not been. There have been fewer yellow cards this season for Watford. They had a number of yellow cards in the game against Coventry, I think three of them in that game. They had only one yellow card against Birmingham. They had no yellow cards in the game against Plymouth. And I think they also, I think they may have had one yellow card. Yes, they did have one yellow card in the game against Queen's Park Rangers. That was James Morris in that game. And outside of that game, I don't think they had a yellow card against Blackburn. Maybe one might have been Sierra Alter. So, you know, they've had few yellow cards so far. Much more, you know, fewer yellow cards at this stage, if I'm not mistaken, than they did last season at this time. So... Discipline, despite a couple of things I've not been happy with with Sierra Alta a few weeks ago against Coventry and then the one with West Hood that I talked about earlier, the discipline's been better. It has been, and it will improve. There are things that Watford need to tidy up, but what you're beginning to see is an, as an identity around a mentality of continuing to persist, have a go, take a shot, be fearless, do not think. And in the comments that I played earlier from Ryan Andrews, he said he was thinking too much. And I've actually said that as well about these players in, in previous podcast episodes this season. But Watford look like they're thinking too much out there in some of these games. They have to just simplify the game. I've said that many times this season and previous seasons. You have to simplify your football. They're trying to make it too smart and too precise. And when you do that, you're not going to come off with the kinds of results you want. But in this game against Birmingham, they thought about things less and they just went on feel and instinct. You have to make things happen, but you can't be so intricate and so precise in these games. You just need to get a result. The championship is all about grinding out results. You cannot be flashy or flary in the championship. You leave that to the Premier League if you've got the quality players in which to carry that off. But when it comes to the championship, no flair allowed there. You need to execute and you just need to get the job done. And don't think about it. Just do it. Don't think, do. And I think what you saw on Saturday was an example of what they're doing. And I think an identity is coming. A resilience is there. A character is there. You know, a mentality is there. Watford showed that against Coventry. Even though they were three times in front, they did not hang their heads and they kept going for a fourth. And they withstood Coventry, who were looking to win the game. And they would have lost a game like that last season. 
they held on to a 3-3 draw despite throwing away the lead three times. And the same thing in the game against Plymouth. They might have lost that game previously despite all their dominance. They got a nil-nil draw out of it, should have won the game. Same thing against Birmingham. They might have ended up losing that game. Maybe Daniel Batman doesn't make those excellent double saves last season. Who knows? We'll never know, of course. But the fact is, Daniel Batman spearheaded that victory on Saturday. And that Watford identity is building. And you have to stick with this manager. The brass upstairs, if they're listening to this or whomever they have listening to any of the podcasts that any Watford fan does, has got to stick with Val Ishmael. Stick with him. I don't care if Watford would go on to lose the next three games. We wouldn't like that. But the fact is, is that you need to stick with this manager. This is the man who actually has a plan. And you can see what he's trying to do. You can see the players trying to grow into that. They'll continue to learn it. And you can see where the progression can come. It's very early. There are going to be some setbacks. There are going to be some ups and downs. But I guarantee you that this season will be a better one for Watford than the previous two or three have been. And I don't think, look, I don't even want to go and predict anything yet. I am not looking for promotion this season. I'm looking for an improvement in the way that the Watford men's first team plays on the pitch. That, for me, is like a promotion. It really is. In some ways, better than a promotion. Why? Because it builds a foundation. It tells you that this team is ready to take that next step, perhaps next season or the season after that. I want a team that has a mentality and identity first before I want a team to get promoted. We have to be patient as Watford fans and we have to be patient with Val Ishmael. And that goes for the Watford brass, as I said. You have to keep this man on board and give him a couple of seasons, give him three seasons to get this done. I'm confident that if you give this man two or three seasons, you, you will see some good things happen in this team. You will really see some good things happen because you can see what he's trying to do. And you can see what he wants, when he wants it and how he wants it. And this Watford brass has got to stick with this manager. There's just no way around it. You have to stick with this man. And the fans need to be patient as well. I don't care if they lose four games in a row. You've got to stick with the man. I'd rather they not lose the four games in a row. But if that happens this season, I don't want to hear anybody calling for Val Ishmael to go anywhere. The guy has shown you that he wants to build something at this club. We didn't allow that with Rob Edwards. The brass didn't allow it. Here's a man that wants to build something. Now let him stay here for at least two or three seasons to do it. However long it takes, build something, build an identity, build character. Don't let this be wasted. Don't let the work and the preparation be wasted with a firing. And I'm confident, by the way, that Val will be here next season as well. He will manage this club beyond this season. That is my prediction. It will be the first time that's happened since, I think, Javi Gracia, who was the only other manager, I think, in recent years who actually managed to come on to a, another season at Watford. 
So that's really where I stand as far as this goes. The identity is there. It's growing. It's not perfect. It's not fully there, but it's beginning to be there. Let me amend my comments. It's beginning to germinate here. And it will take some more time for these players to get on board and do what they have to do and start to get the results they need to get. It will take stages. I think the first five games were an experiment, quite frankly. I hate to say it like that, but they really were. Which kind of Watford team were we getting? Well, this Watford men's team now, at least with this win, at least at this moment, are beginning to show you a bit of consistency. There's not been a game this season where they've been abominable. Yes, there have been halves of football where they've not been anywhere, but there have been other halves of football where they have been very good. Same goes for Birmingham. They were very good for Watford against Birmingham. Watford very good in the second half. Now, what Watford have to do is make that consistent football in both halves. We saw that in the game against Plymouth. We saw that in the first half, at least, against Queen's Park Rangers. And we saw it in the second half of this game. If Watford can put together two halves of football the way they did against Plymouth, I think you're going to begin to see the kinds of results that we want at this football club for this men's first team. Quick turnaround for Watford, the Watford men. They've got a game on Wednesday against West Bromwich Albion. My goodness me, that is really around the corner, isn't it? At the Vic, Wednesday night against West Brom, the third consecutive team from the Midlands that Watford will be facing. And by the way, John Ruddy in goal for Birmingham. We do like to score against John Ruddy, don't we? We did that, of course, famously in 2019 at the FA Cup semi-final at Wembley when John Ruddy was in goal for another Midlands team. Wolverhampton Wanderers, of course, that famous win for Watford in that FA Cup semi-final in 2019. When I come back, a look at the Watford women and mixed fortunes for the Golden Girls. And the Watford Golden Girls had a nice sublime win against Charlton Athletic just before the international break. And they continued to play well in the game against Blackburn Rovers at the Vale. But unfortunately, Watford would end up losing one goal to nil. It was a goal literally on the stroke of half time in the first half that gave Blackburn Rovers all three points. Watford played well in, in a lot of the game, just could not find a way through, unfortunately. And it was a shame for Watford to lose a game like this. It was their first defeat at home since last November. That's quite a long time. Watford was so good last season. Shows you how tough the championship is. But Watford, I think, have come out really well in these first few games. And back in the championship, they've made a very good impression so far, I like the way they're playing their football. I think Lucia Leone's been excellent down that right side for Watford. Georgiou, you know what she brings in midfield. She's an absolute warrior. We love her play in midfield. She is absolutely fearless. She makes the right tackle, the right challenge. And I thought that she was very good in this game. I thought all the team was good in the game against Blackburn, but they just couldn't find a way through. Like Carly John's approach as well. A good attacking player getting goals for Watford 
And you see how this team is beginning to build into a battle-tested championship side. But unfortunately, Blackburn got the best of Watford. It's the second time now that a Blackburn side has got the best of a Watford side. We saw this um, at Vicarage Road just a few weeks ago. Both of these Blackburn sides winning at Watford. You know, Blackburn beat the men's team as well by a score of one goal to nil. You remember that from a few weeks ago. Same thing happened here uh, to the women's team. So Blackburn has had the number of Watford teams this season, both the men's and women's, winning at the home venue of Watford in both cases by the same scoreline of one goal to nil. Blackburn uh, against Watford yesterday, a really tough one for Watford to take, um, but I'm sure Watford will get back on it. They're going on international break now, the Golden Girls, and so we hope that they have a good international break, a restful one, but also one where they do a little bit of, I'm sure they will be not just resting, they'll be doing a lot of hard work. Um, but I do hope that they bounce back. That's a really tough one to go into an international break on. Uh, you don't want to lose a game like that. But Watford did try. It's not for lack of trying. And the cohesiveness of this team is well documented now. And I have a lot of good things and good praise for this team. They've managed to continue on after Helen Ward left due to retirement. Uh, I think the cohesion has continued. Now, you could have been forgiven for thinking that that might change. But I think the key is that you've got a nucleus of, of a team here for the Golden Girls that has allowed no complacency at all. And as a result, you've got a team that's looking to win and a team of winners. And I think that has stood this team in very good stead. And hence, you see um, the togetherness, the confidence, the skill, and the efficiency of their ball movement and the way that they're, they're playing these games, battle-tested, very tough. And I think they've got a lot of character in that side. And uh, again, they made a number of signings uh, in the offseason, and the Golden Girls have been all the better for it. But they've also kept the nucleus of the team together as well, Ali Palish, and you've got a whole lot of other players, Dre Georgiou, of course, and... Um, we can go on and on, Flo Fife, and a number of other, other players who have uh, really been the nucleus of this team. Uh, and in my world, uh, I can go on and on the names of the players who have uh, kept that key nucleus. Um, they've, they've also brought in people like uh, Harley Bennett and, of course, the new goalkeeper as well for Watford. Uh, and I can go on and on about all the people they've brought in um, you know, it, it's just been a really, really good thing to see this team gelling the way it is. But it was a tough result there to lose at home to Blackburn Rovers. Um, that would have been a good win for Watford, or at least even if they had picked up a point from that game, it would have been good. But Watford have been steady so far in the championship campaign. I like the way they've gone about their business. And um, let's look forward now to a bounce back after this international break, as best I can tell, is an international break coming up for the Watford women. And let's hope that this uh, Watford uh, women's outfit uh, bounce back. And I think they will. Um, the, the, the only thing is they've got two weeks to think about it, I guess. But they will be back better in the game that they will next play. I do want to say a quick word about Luther Blissett becoming a club ambassador, finally. That has happened. 
It's been a long, drawn-out, protracted situation. It's been going for a number of seasons now. Last season, I have been very critical of the club uh, for its failure to put Luther Blissett where he should be. But he's so much more than a club ambassador. I kind of think that's kind of almost in some way, I don't say belittling him, but it's kind of uh, it's kind of obvious that he's a club ambassador. He's so much more than that. And it was good, nonetheless, to see finally a deal struck where Luther Blissett, last week was formally uh, announced as a club ambassador. And um, it, it should have happened a long, long time ago. Listen, I, I don't want murals of Luther Blissett. I want statues of him. You should be building a statue of Luther Blissett and of Graham Taylor um, at Vicarage Road. Listen, we already have a statue of Graham Taylor, so I shouldn't say that. The Graham Taylor statue is is there. But we should have a statue of, of Luther Blissett. I mean, really, let's be honest here. He's the Watford's greatest ever player. Uh, there's no question about that for me. The, the all-time goal scorer for Watford. That man needs a statue of himself outside Vicarage Road. Uh, the murals come and go. Uh, and I know they have one. And we know that came about in rather interesting circumstances, to say the least. But Luther Blissett must have a, a statue of himself outside, outside the Vic someplace. Uh, I mean, if you're not going to name a stand after him, I mean, all the stands are named and even Luther's come out and said it himself, ever the gentleman and ever the statesman, um, that he doesn't, would not want to have the rookery named after him. Um, I mean, I've spoken about this online uh, on on social media and he responded to, uh, to one of my posts about this. So he uh, said clearly, no, the rookery is for the fans, not, not to be named after me. And that's Luther Blizzard. That's the kind of class he is, class act that Luther Blizzard is. And uh, we need a statue of him. Uh, I know that will mean money. Uh, we can chip in. Can we do that? We should do that. Um, have a statue commissioned. Uh, I don't know how that gets done. What the city have to do anything about that? The club talk to Watford City Council. What the whatever the town council. Bottom line is there's a there is a statue that needs to be built of Luther Blissett. Uh, there's just no other way around it. He's the greatest Watford player ever. No question about that. In my mind, you got to give him a statue. You have Graham Taylor uh, outside uh, the Hornet shop. We need one of Luther Blissett as well, whether it's um, near the Vicarage Road end or whether it is near the Rookery, whatever, outside the But you need a statue of Luther Blissett here. Um, I think it would be a fitting, fitting thing for him. It's something that really befits the kind of thing that Luther's done for this club, so many things he's done for Watford Town, let alone the club, so uh, and the fans. So look, that's the bottom line for me on Luther Blissett. I'm very happy that he is uh, formally now a club ambassador. It's about time. It should have happened a long time ago, as I said, but it's happened now, and I hope that he gets a lot more. He gets to really um, have a real say at this club because I, I think that's what this club needs. It needs people who will, uh, some fresh voices in the club. And uh, Luther Blissett, yes, he's been around, but it's a fresh perspective um, and a, a perspective that really is needed at this club. And uh, really an authoritative one too, one that speaks with experience and know-how and wisdom. And so Luther Blissett is the man to fill that void, or I should say the man to provide those things. And I absolutely am hoping and expecting this club will do right by Luther. 
And that is certainly a first step forward because Lufa Blissett uh, is too much of a legend to be um, sidelined or undermined at this club. And this club cannot ever go back to any of those kinds of things. And I'm glad that the, the club is deciding to build a relationship with Lufa uh, because I don't think, you know, and I, listen, I'm not an insider here on this. I, from the outside looking in, do not think that that relationship was very strong in some of the intervening years with this owner and the brass. And um, I think that that is beginning to change. It is, and, you know, again, I'm not on the inside looking in on this, uh, inside looking out, I'm on the outside looking in. I think the relationship is beginning to change there. And long may that continue. Long may that continue. That is it for now for this brand new edition of Yawns. I'm Omar Moore. It's a pleasure uh, to be here and it's a pleasure to have you listening. Thank you very much indeed for doing so, fellow Watford supporters. Of course, you can find me on social media on X, which is Twitter, of course, at WFC on Instagram, at WFC, And of course, please subscribe to the Yawns WFC YouTube channel. Subscribe there, like and subscribe to the videos as well. Of course, there is, after most games, the championship games on Saturdays in particular, Yuorns pre-match live. Those are the games where you will find yours truly on the Yuorns WFC YouTube channel ahead of kickoff, previewing the game. There is, of course, the Yuorns Friday focus as well. But also now Yuorns pre-match live on Saturdays on Saturday Championship Games. There will not be one on Wednesday here because, of course, it's not a Saturday game. It's a Wednesday game. Watford looking to build upon their 2-0 win against Birmingham City, against West Bromwich Albion side that, of course, Val used to manage. You remember that not too long ago, Val Ishmael managed West Brom. So it will be interesting to see how Watford get on there. And I'm sure it will be a, a very, very good game indeed. We'll see how that goes, of course. But look out for the Tuesday focus this week, very, very soon indeed, um, on this game, which takes place on Wednesday. So quick turnaround for the Golden Boys as they take on West Bromwich Albion, looking to build on the win against Birmingham City. Thank you very much indeed for your listening ear. Great to have you aboard. Once again, the final score from Saturday was Watford 2, Birmingham City 0. Watford's women defeated Charlton 3-2 a couple of weeks ago or maybe a week or so ago and lost, unfortunately, in the follow-up game, a 1-0 home defeat to Blackburn Rovers. But they will bounce back after the international break. That is is all for this edition of Yawns. I'm Omar Moore once again. And until Wednesday's game and the next episode of this podcast, you